After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Hola. After further review, I'm here with David, the man of God. Harris, David, can you hear what's on the, the radio through the, your phone? Yep. Okay, good, good. I was just making sure. Some people were over here touching buttons again and uh, messing with stuff, and I hate it when they actually end up doing it. But we're going to get into your favorite segment, your moan segment, that is... All right, exciting week three in college football, exciting week two of the NFL. And there was a lot that happened, and as always, you start off with the winners. We're going to start off out west, actually, in the Pac-12. A lot of people were saying, you know, and we've said this on the show many years, if the Pac-12 is the worst of the Power Fives, along with the ACC or ASS as we know it, and... Last week, the Pac-12 really showed up. Obviously, you get the, the normal suspects, the Utah youth to remain perfect. You get the likes of USC, you know, doing what USC usually does to in state competition. But the surprisers, Oregon getting the upset at home over number 12-ranked BYU. And the bigger stunner, Washington dominating Michigan State, well, at the time, the 11th-ranked Michigan State Spartan at home in Husky Stadium. And so you, you got to give credit where credit is due, obviously, to a team like Michigan State that doesn't travel out west barely other than you know, for the Rose Bowl. But, yeah, taking care of business. I mean, Cal went to Notre Dame and you know, made it tough for Marcus Freeman to get his first victory. You know, um, Washington State continuing to be dominated at home. And then, obviously, we'll get to um, one school in particular out of the Pac-12 that didn't have it so easy last week in the loser segment. But, yeah, giving love giving love to the 12th pack. Oh. Coming a little bit closer to home, um, here in central New York, the Syracuse Orange remaining perfect. Uh, a lot of shenanigans, let's just say. A lot of people mad at the officiating. A lot of players on the Purdue side, in particular, from coaching, you know, losing their cool at the end. Well, the thing is, they're still undefeated because they just ended up beating Virginia, which there's a local connection tie here because Dino Babers was the former head coach at BGSU, who said they basically said he left the, the cupboard bare. But he's been up and down in Syracuse, but now they're 4-0. and And remember, they used to do Falcon Fast. I think they, I don't know if they do Orange Fast or Syracuse Fast. It looks like it's just a regular offense now. But 
Yeah, it's interesting seeing Syracuse and like speaking of that Purdue game, that was a good one last week. But to see Syracuse undefeated in football and actually have fans at the Carrier Dome to watch them, interesting. That's yeah, a winner the, in itself. Yeah, the Loud House, as they call it here, kind of was booming um, even against the game. Not many fans last night against Virginia, as as it were, um, against the game Purdue. But yeah, Dino Baber is coming into the season. A lot of people are saying that his you know his seat was hot, like his seat was really hot. But now four and zero, that start in a long while, possibly thinking that we can get some top twenty five votes or more top 25 votes this week, depending on how things fall. And yeah, just one of the quote-unquote basketball schools that are undefeated in football. Another winner, Kansas. Like, just, just for the fact that Kansas is undefeated right now in football, when they've had more wins this season than probably the last decade combined, if we're just going to be honest. Because Kansas couldn't beat anyone in football. Like, Kansas probably couldn't beat the high school state champion. Well, that, that, that's another oh. funny story to that, too, as well, because um, they asked College Game Day uh, to come to Kansas this weekend because they were undefeated. And uh, I forget who said it, but they said, uh, you got to get your resume up a little bit before we can come down there. Because they're to this, this today, I believe, they're at Oklahoma and Tennessee, I believe. They're at yep. Tennessee for college game day and Kansas wanted them to come there this week and they told them you need to get your game up yeah but I mean if, if Kansas if Kansas goes 4-0 and obviously you know gotta get it out on the field if they can go to Appalachian State and they can switch that on a limb after they upset um, Texas A&M they can, they can go to Lawrence Kansas I mean where else are they gonna go Auburn Georgia Florida, USC, California, like LA, like, like mix it up a little bit. Like college game day is supposed to be for the fans. Like go, go where the fans want you. So yeah, just another one of those surprising teams in college football. Um, Switching it up to the pro game where they get paid a little bit more money than the college athletes. Start with, Major comebacks in the NFL, and I'm looking at you, New York football Jets. Like, I'll, we talk about this all the time. How early is too early to score? And a lot of people were saying, was it, I mean, Nick Chubb did the apology. Sorry, I shouldn't have scored. But, like, you're, you're facing, facing the Jets. Like, nine, 99.9% of the time, that's a Browns victory, if we're just going to be honest. Over the course of history, that's a Browns victory. Over the course of history, that's a Jeff Lott. But somehow they managed to get that victory. And I don't want to say that's Robert Sala, you know. That's him cashing in one of his receipts. Or if that was just an epic class by the Browns, you know, history will know. And then the final winner is the Detroit Football Lions. Uh, this offense, if they can stay healthy, they look good. And I've had to say that just because of, you know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, you know, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. Like, they look like they are a consistent offense. 
And that's something that, you know, Frank was here. He'll, you know, he'd probably say pump the brakes and let's see how they are, you know, as season goes on. But early indication, I mean, the Lions might be, you know, over 500 teams. That's not out of the realm of possibility. And Dan Campbell could be coach of the season, which is not out of the possibility. Looking how the Detroit Lions look. Um, switching over to the losers. First, the aforementioned lone team in the Pac-12 that didn't really have a great day last weekend, Arizona State. Now, obviously, it sucks to lose at Eastern Michigan, not just because it's a Mac school. We know about losing Eastern Michigan here in Northwest Ohio. But then the aftermath of Herm Edwards getting fired and then the reports coming out throughout the week this week that some of those in the athletic department were internally conspiring, making it easy for opposing teams to get plays and be able to know kind of how Arizona State's going to play. Like, that that's embarrassing. Like, that is... Like, that's incriminating and damning if that's true. And if those accusations are true, then every individual that's involved should lose their job. Because Herman Edwards does not deserve that. Even if Arizona State is coming out poorly, even in the midst of the internal investigation and the outside investigation, like all the signs and like all the people hovering around that program, like there should be some level of dignity and respect amongst the athletic department. And it's sad and it sucks for her mad words, but yeah, it, yeah. it, it was it, it, supposedly what he's talking about is that the athletic department was, what was it? They were leaking information to other teams. So they would, he would lose. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I tell people this, this is becoming more and more, common okay here, here's the situation that I, I hate to say this is that people are so caught up in trying to get ahead in life that sometimes they'll do anything to get there and if it's to undermine and cut people out it's 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 sad you know for, for his own staff to sell him out like that that is becoming more and more prevalent in today's coaching it's it's everyone's got an opinion and and you learn when you get into this profession because you know as you know i'm a coach you 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 won't agree with your boss or the head coach not not everybody agrees but you got to understand or you got to have a loyalty to that coach because they gave you an opportunity and a lot of opportunities are far and in between especially at the college level especially but I've heard stories where you get that snake in the grass that thinks that if I knock this guy off, that's my opportunity to make it up to to the top. Unfortunately, though, you look like a snake and you're, you're not going to go anywhere because the, the good guys in the business see what you're doing. You can't trust a snake. You, trust is, is, is very valuable in this in this profession. 
And if you lose trust, you're not going to be, no matter how much of a wizard you are or you think you are, because I think at the end of the day, great coaching is, is reflected more on what you get out of your players than the wins and losses. I think fans, and I can go on a tangent about this, but I'm not, have basically turned the values of coaching around where they think it's just in results. And it it's not because there's some horrible coaches that load up talent and win numerous games. And then sometimes when they get to the big game, they can't win because the talent's either equal and they're just an imbecile. So now it's down to your strategy and your discipline that you have. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, that happens. But I, I think this story is very disturbing because why would you do that? You know, I'm, I'm sure he opened up to give you an opportunity. And as you, we've talked about on the show, coaching opportunity, especially at the college level, is hard. There's more coaches than there are jobs in college. And I could even say that's between D1, D2, D3. But if your really goal is to be a Division One head coach or just to get into the game, it is tough. And it's because you got to know somebody. you got to know somebody that knows somebody to get in. And then once you get in, you kind of got to get to know people that can bring you up the ladder you got to get on staffs that are actually really good to get to get some credibility. Um, and then you got to you kind of got to get to know some ADs so that you when you get your time to get that interview, you have a shot. I, I you know, I read about that and I just thought to myself, that's just that's just it was it was very sad. Yeah, and hopefully some stuff comes out and we get more information, more details. But again. For those that did did the deathly deeds, as they say, you know, lose a lot of respect just overall. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, it's hard. And, and let's be honest too, it's hard to win at Arizona State. Come on, those, those Arizona, Arizona State—they're not really—they're great schools to go to because of of, of of weather but how often has Arizona State and Arizona been consistently good not often not often enough or not frequent enough exactly as we keep going in the loser section um, the majority of the Mac Maction was just god awful we'll get to the rocket recap mm-hmm. in a little bit so We'll save, we'll save what happened at Columbus later. But Akron sixty-three to six losing to Tennessee. Pitt losing, or Pitt being Western Michigan thirty-four thirteen. Coastal Carolina, a game I listened to on the radio last week, beating Buffalo thirty-eight twenty-six. Mm-hmm. Iowa State and you know, Matt Campbell doing what he loves best, which is just being up on Ohio forty-three to ten. I mean, Vanderbilt beat Northern Illinois. Like, it was, like outside of, you know, playing FCS competition, so looking at you, Central Michigan, Kent State, Ball State, um, even, um, I guess, there's a trophy involved with the Cincinnati-Miami-Ohio game, so I, I don't consider that, like, a, a loss. But it was, yeah, it was a defeating loss for Miami-Ohio, but yeah. So it was rough to be in the MAC outside of BG and Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Well, switching to the pro game, the AFC South, 
and I, I'll be the first to admit I I was I'm a loser in this because I thought Jacksonville would lose to Indianapolis. I thought Indianapolis would wake up. Yeah, and that's usually your team. I actually picked the Jags, which, by the way, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL pick when it comes around. Yeah, I mean, you would think after looking flat against Houston, coming around, oh, you're playing Jacksonville. And in my in my stupidity, I'm, I'll be honest, I keep forgetting that Indianapolis does not go to Jacksonville and play well. We talked about this at the end of last season when playoffs were on the line. Indianapolis needed to go down there and win with Carson Wentz to, you know, have a little bit better positioning come January. It didn't happen because Jacksonville just has Indianapolis's number. And I didn't, I didn't realize that until afterwards. I'm like, holy crap, that makes sense. Indianapolis doesn't do well. But yeah, just that entire division and Houston playing well. Like, again, they were obviously I picked them to lose just because it's Houston, but like they they're a lot more competitive with guys that like Rex Burkett is out here playing well. Like think of that, ladies and gentlemen. Like Rex Burkhead. Oh, and in that in that same line, the AFC North. Everybody taking an L last week. Cleveland obviously losing to the Jets, which was the hilarity of the competition. Um, New England coming to Pittsburgh and just making us look flat. Um, we'll get into it next week when we talk about the week, you know, the week three game. Um, we need, this is why TJ Watt is the best player in def- on defense in the NFL. Because without him, we can't do jack crap. In terms of a rush defense. I'm sorry. Like, I'll be the one to say it. Yeah. It was, it was bad. Um, Baltimore losing because Tua decided to just go peak Alabama. You know, national championship game. Oh, all right. Let's dial this up and kick bunches then Dallas being Cincinnati. I mean, that's just hilarious. Like, who needs back press now? We can beat you with two per rush. Mm-hmm. Like, so... And then the last loser for me, Derek, your favorite quarterback, Justin Fields. Yeah, he's awful. <laughs> like, good. Like, honestly, we, you know, Green Bay has Chicago's number. Aaron Rodgers will always be their daddy. <laughs> but, like, just. What? Like, basically, the, the Bears go as David Montgomery goes. It's not as Justin Fields goes. That offense is predicated on the run, and I'm sorry, it's going to be a long season if that's your case. Well, but he's not good. I mean, I, I, the proof's in the pudding. I, I mean, I like the Green Bay game because you know why? Because about three or four years, or four or five years ago, I realized that Mr. Bisky wasn't the guy. This is a game that shows you. Justin Fields is not the guy. He's just not. I mean, come on. If this dude was the man, how many passes did he have? Like 11? 7 for 11 with 70 yards and an interception. Yes. And the game before that, he barely passed the ball. 
why aren't they passing the ball? I understand that some people are saying he doesn't have the receivers. They were trying to do all that trickery play. He's not. He's not the guy. Just, just, just face it. Seven of eleven for seventy yards, an interception, and no touchdowns. David Montgomery, fifteen carries, hundred twenty-two yards. The guy doesn't have it. Just, just, just face it. You, you like Herbert. People said we got to work Herbert in. Unfortunately, um, what's his face? Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Tyra Taylor gets a puncture, which he's suing, by the way, uh, you know, from from those injections, getting punctured in his lungs, I believe. Yep. And Herbert comes out. Money. Right. Herbert comes out and does well. Why can't Justin Fields do that? You, you, Aaron Rodgers loses his best receiver, has a bad week one, bounces back. The Packers are going to get it together. He's going to get it together. If you want those elite quarterbacks. Even if you don't have elite receivers, your talent raises their talent. I get it. They're not the best of the best, but they're not straight trash. I think C.J. Stroud right now at Ohio State, to me, looks way better than Justin Fields, which probably explains why when he went to Georgia, didn't Fromm beat him out as starting quarterback? That's why he transferred. You're starting to see that. In college, his game, he was more athletic than everybody. At the lower level, he could get away with things because of his athletic ability and he could run. Now, when you get to the NFL and the pro style, you got to be able to throw the football. You just have to. You can't just rely on the run. You can't just rely on the play breaking down and scrambling all over the place. You've got guys on that team that have a job to do. Your job is to have balance and throw that football around. You already got a good running back in David Montgomery, who, by the way, is, I believe, from Iowa State. Yep. You got Chicago receivers. Um, Darnell Mooney had a negative four yards. He's supposed to be your number one, I believe. Cole Komet had nothing. Um, But he only had one target. It it tells you. the, The coaching staff is letting you know. And all these shows out here are saying, well, give Justin Fields time. Give Justin Fields time to do the. No. You can tell already. The guy. And, and, and to be honest with you, I'm surprised you didn't put in the losers, the Steelers. Because now you're seeing what I saw with Mitchell Trubisky. They're limited. But Trubisky just misses people that are that are open. And his young receiver got in, on him about that. So. But he's oh. not. He, he's not. David, this Justin Fields experiment. You can talk about the offensive line. You can talk about everything. But when a quarterback is special, like a Mike Vick, Brady, um, Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, those guys just elevate the team. Justin Fields doesn't elevate this team at all. If he did, that Sunday night game would have been very competitive or he could have brought it out the reason why they wanted week one let's just face it think you know kettle was hurt trey lance ain't the guy i tell you that right now with the 49ers you had two guys that aren't the guys going up against each other and the playing conditions were awful which pretty much kind of played to the bears favor because they had a really good running game 
and it, it, basically you couldn't really pass the ball in that monsoon of weather. But how often is that going to happen? Or a snowstorm come in? Not much. That's why I didn't get excited about that week one. The real Bears were on Sunday night, and this is what we're going to see, even though they were undefeated in the preseason, but the preseason doesn't mean anything. But you just saw right there that Justin Fields is not the guy, and the coaches know that. To only pass the ball 11 times. Don't you kind of scratch your head at that, David? Yeah, especially when this is a passing league, and I think I'm going to read out, just going to read out uh, completions and attempts for three Four plays. 15 of 31, 14 of 29, 15 of 28, 13 of 21. Like outside of like super backup and like Cooper Rush and like other. Like those are the passing statistics of Trey Lance, who got hurt, Dak Prescott, who got hurt. Justin Fields, 15 to 28 for this season so far in 191. And the last is Jimmy Garoppolo, who just had his start last week. So two of those players, 14 of 29, 13 for 20. Like that says all you need to know that in two complete games, under 20 minutes, you're throwing as much in two games as a lot of teams are doing and a half. <laughs> if we're, if we're going to look at the top, Mitchell Trubisky has 103 attempts granted through three games. Joe Flacco, 103 attempts through two games. Like, like, there, it's crazy to think how little you're passing. Yeah. I, in this week. I, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, it, I know that, you know, you know, some of the talking heads like Colin Cowherd are saying, well, you hired a defensive coach and that's not going to help him out. And, and, you, and you did this and you did that. But at the end of the day, and you drafted uh, uh, defensive players and you, and, you, and you drafted offensive. Yes, I, I have my qualms about the organization. But let's just face it, you, you know, Justin Fields was a popular player in college. You guys like him. After a while, you're going to turn on him, just like all the other quarterbacks. And, and, it, and I hate it when they blame the coach and they blame the other players. This is just not the guy. If you're looking for like an Aaron Rodgers, and that's the thing about the Bears that makes me upsetting, is that you go against this guy in your own division. You know what the guy looks like find that I do I personally think Justin Fields I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy knew they were going to be gone after the last season when they did the draft and they probably I think was a big F you to the, the organization we're going to pick who we want to pick if, if I'm going to if I'm going to get fired I'm going to go down doing the way I want to do it I'm going to go down swinging Pace and Nagy or Pace went in there swung big for Justin Fields because I'm pretty sure it, it they, the organization probably wanted him to draft somebody else, but it's kind of like, well, if, you know, you're going to get rid of me. I'm going to get who the hell I want to get and do try to build a team that the way I wanted to build the team. And that's what they did. Now, obviously, they made a mistake in getting Mitchell Trubisky, but this seems like another um, a guy that the potential 
is there, and I'm sure he's a hard worker, but can you win games with them? Yeah. But everything else has to fall into the place. And, and if you ever notice, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you got to get a quarterback that elevates your team. Like Matt Stafford went over to L.A. He was an upgrade over Jared Goff. He elevated the team. Joe Burrow. His situation in Cincinnati is. Ugh. But somehow he elevated the team. To the Super Bowl. I don't see that from Justin Fields. Just, just he's just a guy. He's going to be a great game manager. Um, but it is concerning that you're not letting him rip it. If if this guy's that good, there's some they're they're hiding something. There's some deficiencies there because I like you said, you your game stats or stuff that people do in a quarter doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, your your leading your two leading receivers have 57 yards. And 51 yards total for, for the season. Mm-hmm. Like, we just saw Tyree kill, uh, not Tyree kill, Stephon Diggs do that on, like, he can do that in a possession by himself if Josh Allen wants to. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy to think that this is an NFL offense. <laughs> well, it's not. Anything else? <laughs> we could bash the Bears all day. Yeah. And then our last one, it'll be a kind of, what do you call in the business of transition? The Toledo Rockets, because my God. Well, is this oh, part of the loop? Because there's two different segments. Don't put them in this segment and then train. No, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Like I've told Frank, we'll end the segment and then have a segment just dedicated to the Rockets. Yeah. Just you know teasing them. Okay. Teasing it a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, the Rockets were a big loser. Go ahead. That was arguably, and we'll expound upon it in the next segment, the worst football game I've seen the Toledo Rockets play. Ever? And, yeah. Ever? At, at, at least that I've seen. Right, I, right, I right. That you, right, that you, since you've been here on campus and ever since, ever. So, okay. so I'll say since, since 2008. Wow. I'll say this is the worst. I've seen this team play. Now, you know, remind you, they beat Michigan. They had a good game against Ohio State. Some great bowl game victories. So, fourteen years, you say this is the one of their one of their worst games. Easily. <laughs> are you saying that with some stats to back that up, or are you just being emotional? Oh, I mean, both emotional, but mo- mostly stats. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, fans like to have data to back it up. Okay. All right, well, we'll take a quick commercial break. You're listening to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, when we come back, we'll talk about... <laughs> Woo, that was a long Saturday night. Some people said, man, this game is going really long. But when you're running up the score like the currency machine, uh, the Rockets had a long night. So we'll take a quick commercial break. You're listening to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you always listen to us live on the radio on our Facebook page, or on our podcast as we break up the segments on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We get a lot of listens, David. Did you notice that? Yeah, people. I mean, once it's football season, people want to hear what, you know, what we got to say. Well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to hear what you got to say about that Rockets game. 
<laughs> we'll be right back after this on 88.3 after further review.